1: Oklahoma business, down in Al Reno, they're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford Lincoln or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, Diffieford.net and then on Instagram at DiffieFord Lincoln. This episode is presented by Citizens Bank of Edmund. Citizens Bank of Edmund has been serving Edmond since 1901. They pride themselves on investing in the community and are here for all your personal and business banking needs. For more information, go to mycitizens.bank and follow them on Instagram at citizensedmond, as well as go bank there because I bank there too. It's been a fantastic personal experience for me. I've had my podcast account there now, my podcast business account there now for a few, four years now, I think, and it's been fantastic. So definitely worth your time. They're a great group of people and they're always there to answer the phone when I forget my password because I seem to forget it daily um, so yeah go to citizens edmund and um, check him out it's been awesome what's up guys welcome back to another episode of this is oklahoma my coon here host back with another episode down at city hall today with the one and the only David Holt, thank you so much for, for uh, coming back on the podcast. Yeah, been, welcome been back. So we were, we were just chatting that I was episode 26 and now I'm 600 and something. So exactly. you've had
0: a lot of conversations, a lot since, of conversations.
1: Uh, since we last spoke. Learned a lot of things. But you've obviously <laughs> been very busy. The city's been growing. A lot of things have happened in the city since then. Um, but one thing I do remember about you is that you're a lover of Thunder basketball. And what a time to be a Thunder fan right now.
0: Yeah. And I mean, again, since episode 26, we've gone through some peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yes, right now, as you and I sit here, we are the number one team in the
1: Western Conference. So it is an exciting time indeed. How does that change? Or how does that make you feel as mayor to be, you know, to be number one, but also to be a huge fan as well? Like, what's that? That like?
0: Well, I mean, uh, as a fan, it's, yeah, you know that uh, these moments uh, can be fleeting and you want to enjoy them and uh, you only get so many of them in a lifetime. So we definitely want to enjoy this ride that yeah. we're on and this team that we have. As a mayor, um, obviously like the first accomplishment for a city is just to have a team. That, that is a certain level of relevancy in American life that has A lot of economic and cultural consequences that I think are all positive, and obviously, we spent the last year or so talking a lot about that in this community. Um, But it's kind of when your team is good, it's like a whole nother level. I mean, you know, it, it. it's the difference between, you know, walking into the NBA store in Manhattan and seeing one Thunder jersey or, or 50 Thunder jerseys, you know, I mean, it's just, when your team is good, obviously, there's even more benefits, yeah.
1: uh, because you have even more of a global profile. Right, yeah, we talk about jerseys, perfect transition, um, 2019, we had the City Edition. Uh-huh, is that when the first City Edition we came that, out, 2019? Right? Yeah, 2019, yeah, yeah that was... Uh, one of the coolest jerseys I think we've had. We've been to some <laughs> great designs, but I think that was yeah. one of the coolest jerseys. Uh. Did you have a, a, bit, a part in that? Do you have any design influence uh, in that? No, really
0: no. They haven't uh, uh, they haven't uh, necessarily no. consulted me. That's Didn't okay. Reach out for they you know that what one. they're doing. You yeah. have one, though, right? <laughs> I have uh, yeah, I usually end up uh, it seems with many of the city edition jerseys yeah. uh, through the years. My favorite is probably the Native American mm. theme. I don't know if that's what you're yeah, referencing. Yeah, the blue and the, uh, the blue and the orange.
1: That's yeah, really uh, good.
0: well, it's like uh, kind of more of a turquoise. Yeah, yeah teal uh-huh. maybe yeah. is right. Yeah.
1: But yeah, that's probably my favorite. Yeah. So you mentioned obviously it's super important to have a team. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a vote; mm-hmm. it went very well. <laughs> we now, you know, we'll have a new arena, which mm-hmm. is which is awesome. Because I, I said this on a previous podcast. I think Oklahoma City struggles to have a real identity without a basketball team because we have so much identity in the basketball team. Mm-hmm. And so um, excited about that. Uh, outside of the basketball stuff, because we could talk about basketball for hours. <laughs> I know we could. Um, Tell me a little bit about this new, I mean, what's your thoughts on this new largest tower that may be coming to, to Bricktown and oh, the idea well. behind that? And Well, I fear, I fear this will date the, broad, the podcast a little not bit because all. we may
0: not be talking about this within two days or something. But, you know, I, because, listen, um, developers often in this city and in all cities make big announcements. Yeah. And sometimes those things happen and sometimes those things don't. Um, I, I do believe this developer has some credibility, and we obviously had already partnered with them on a, on a TIF where we think there will be some high-rise uh, projects that come out of this mm-hmm. piece of property in Bricktown. So, um, so I'm not dismissive at all of this developer as a, as a credible source of information. I just think this particular aspect of it, which has come in a little late, may be a little more aspirational. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm certainly not opposed. I'm not standing in the way, uh, but you know, I'm not putting a, a down payment on the, uh, you know, 120th floor
1: condo either or whatever so I guess we'll just see how it plays out yeah I'm, I'm excited to see how that plays out and if uh, if we do get it great but it's uh, it just adds into the one of the, the quirky things that Oklahoma City has and maybe one day Sam Anderson will come back and write another book about what has happened since his Boontown book came out because, right so uh, we'll because see if
0: the tower ends up uh, more like the story of the thunder in Boontown yeah. or more like the story of the sonic booms so yeah or the, um, or the
1: mountain that, that you can ski on or you know right yeah that's that was the one thing I couldn't believe was that we had sonic boom testing in a city back in the day. That just seems crazy. Yeah. Um, talking Boomtown. Tell me about your ice cream. Was that, yes. was that a was that a huge moment? Well, a huge you know, bucket I'm, list. I'm for you? kind of
0: a Martha Stewart figure now. I have sort yeah. of a brand. I have a family of brands. Uh, I have a beer and an ice cream, and uh, it's uh, it's cool that that's uh, that that's worked out. And uh, obviously, in every case, we, we we utilize that platform to benefit. Um, you know certain uh, nonprofits here in the community. So the ice cream supports the homeless alliance. The beer has been supporting uh, our animal shelter. And um, yeah, no, yeah. I think it's it's great. I believe there's still some available at, at Boomtown Creamery uh, locations across the metro. And it's a uh, cherry vanilla mix, and it's it's really good.
1: Yeah. Do you have that kind of Will you have a stocked supply at the house of it? And I had it bought An- like Angela five pints,
0: and I think I'm down to one,
1: so I probably okay. need to go shopping All again. All right. <laughs> and and do, will the beer kind of stay on tap or stay in can? Or so, is that
0: you know, it's like it's it's a batch.
1: Okay. And so they make a
0: certain number of cans, usually about 4,000, and they obviously make a certain number of uh, kegs. And mm-hmm. then when it's out, it's out. So this was the second iteration of it. And, um, and we'll see... Uh, you know how long it lasts, or if I—I I don't even know. Maybe if they're out of it already, but um, but that was something released in
1: the fall, and it's always up to them whether they want to keep doing it. But I'm always game. Yeah, yeah. So what, I have a list in front of me of the things that kind of have happened since we last mm-hmm. recorded, and or some of my personal highlights. Sure. Um, I mean, we've have a softball team now, a spark. We have yeah. um, obviously an Olympic rowing facility, which was here, but has seemed to grow massively. We have a new terminal at the city. Uh yeah. you know, Will Rogers Airport we've got Hill Park um convention center. First Americans Museum yes. the capital had a re- capital had a restoration like there's so many cool things that have happened this is all um, true which doesn't seem like that long ago probably right but a <laughs> well, lot of I things have know. really happened there was also a global
0: um, pandemic that and uh, too. Uh, you know the greatest yeah. racial reckoning in the country in a half century yeah that's there was a couple on, that, of things happened that's happens. on the list. we have
1: streetcars now <laughs> we've got the new rapid bikes um you've been you've been busy <laughs> right um and I know people ask you about all those things all the time but like I want to ask you about some some fun stuff okay, as well sure. so you went to the World Cup. Yes, yeah, that
0: was great. Tell me yeah. about that
1: experience, great. going to the World Cup. I mean, yeah.
0: I'm like most Americans in that I have, my soccer fandom has been somewhat minimal. Um, and so getting to have that opportunity has definitely changed uh, my engagement with soccer and my kids are really into it, especially my son. He's really into it now. I mean, he's picked a team in, you know the premier league and he, he's chelsea by the way he's picked yeah. a team in uh syria which is roma and we actually went to a roma game last year in rome so um all of it you know i think uh inspired a bit from that experience in Qatar. getting to see the energy at world cup games mm-hmm. is just like uh, totally next level you know we'll have that type of energy at a thunder game for like a few minutes mm-hmm. but they just maintain it for two full hours you know and uh the chanting and the singing as you well know never stops you know and i got to see u.s versus england and then i also got to see um mexico argentina i got to see score square goal um i saw wales uh versus iran so uh three games and uh yeah fascinating fascinating opportunity and now yeah i can't wait for the next one which of course will be right here in the united
1: states yeah that's that's gonna be exciting and and seems like we will have a stadium here as well coming. hopefully. Yeah.
0: yeah well, we'll definitely have a stadium. Um, by the way, isn't that the Welsh uh, soccer Like, yeah, I am from Wales, yeah. <laughs> there <laughs> there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. So you know that game well. I know well, <laughs> and I totally agree with you. It's, it's
1: hard to replicate the, the atmosphere here versus around the world. Yeah.
0: So I digress. The Yes, we are going to have a soccer stadium. It probably won't be in place in time for the World Cup, but, um, but this has been, you know, an ongoing conversation in our community and I really... Uh, I recognized that if we did not make this investment, we really would probably end our relationship with professional soccer in Oklahoma City, and I didn't think that was a wise thing for uh, a top 50 city that aspires Mm -hmm. to to be a global city uh, to do. So we made that investment, and then recently uh, we were able to enhance it a little bit, which I think was pretty important. I mean, it was always a very modest budget for this stadium. Uh, Forty million dollars now it's seventy million dollars, and I think that will be more in line with USL stadiums, mm-hmm. and continue with you know the the eye that we're sort of staying in the game of soccer, and also staying in the hunt someday perhaps for an MLS team, which would obviously require further stadium
1: investments. But at least like kind of staying on that path was I think pretty important for our community. Yeah, and it all like like you mentioned, it ties into the World Cup coming here and just the general buzz for. Soccer in America, mm-hmm. right? Football is. I like. There's really
0: to say. only two global sports: soccer and basketball. Uh, every other sport certainly has its followings here and there, but outside of America, nobody really cares about um, football, American yeah. football. You know, there's billions of people who love cricket, but they pretty much all live in India, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, You just go down the list, I mean, the only sport that really seems to penetrate uh, around the world, or I should say the only sports that really seem to penetrate everywhere are soccer and basketball. So I feel very lucky that we're in the NBA for that reason. I always think it's really cool and that's really important that we happen to be in the the one major professional league uh, in America that really is mm-hmm. the, the premier league for the globe. Um, the MLS is not that necessarily in the game of soccer, but it's the best we've got, so I want to stay on that path and I want to be in the game uh,
1: because it is the global sport. Yeah. What were the biggest things you took away from going to the World Cup then in, in Qatar and seeing everything over there and just being around? I mean, the you know, everyone's eyes are on, on, mm-hmm. on the football pitch at that point.
0: Yeah, well, like I said, the energy of the fans and obviously, I guess, perhaps the, the ability of any community to get to host, you know... Those amazing events, um, whether it's the World Cup, whether it's the Olympics, whether it's the NBA Finals—I mean, those mm-hmm. are really unique opportunities. And obviously, um, countries and cities, uh, you know, will 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 make massive investments to have those opportunities because mm-hmm. you do get you get the eyes of the globe on you, and that there's there's something to that for sure. Yeah. I mean, people talked about—I mean, Qatar is a little bit of a small country, a little bit out of the way. I mean, it is not a place that many people had thought much about. Um, uh, well, they certainly were talking about it a lot during during the World Cup uh, before and after. And it's a complicated country, so not everything was complimentary. But mm-hmm. uh, but nevertheless, it was certainly on the radar in a way it had never been before.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was May 2023, Oklahoma City was named something like the sixth fastest growing city. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously you're kind of the helm of all that and and it's not just you obviously we have a great team here and and a lot of people who are excited about growing the city you think of gary brooks opening up the national Mm -hmm. and just kind of the determination just using him as an example but um one of the things looking back that I think obviously helps us was opening up a Scissortail Park and mm-hmm. the convention center to bring people in. Mm-hmm. But the coolest thing, and I'm extremely jealous, that you got to basically introduce Kings of Leon to, <laughs> to the crowd that night, and they give the biggest mic drop, I think I've seen it, <laughs> definitely in that park. Um, tell me about that. What's it like, yeah. you know, giving them a Kings of Leon lane and meeting, meeting them, and yeah. obviously they're huge OU fans and, and Oklahomans, but what was right. that experience like? Right.
0: So, um... Well, when I came into office, uh, you know, I
1: was aware that Scissor
0: Scissor Tail Park was going to open sometime in the first two years of my term. And I certainly thought that it deserved, um, you know, a really special kickoff. Um, I thought that in and of itself was a special opportunity. If you recall the timing of it, uh, we opened it just like two or three months before the vote on Maps Four. So I also saw it as an opportunity to sort of remind everybody how much they love Maps. You know, it'd be a great lead-in to that campaign. Um, so I worked with, uh, you know, envisioning that uh, largely with Graham Colton and, um, you know, talking about Kings of Leon as a real option because we could kind of we we were had the contacts there to sort of have direct conversations and, um, you know, and maybe even negotiate a, a something of a friend price, you know? Uh, but still I spent, you know, a year of my life leading up to that concert, um, raising a million dollars plus, you know, to make that possible. Um, you know, it's, uh, obviously it was free to the residents. It was not free to anyone else. You know, I mean we still had to obviously pay the band and pay all of our expenses and, um, and there's a lot that goes in, you know, to turning that park into a rock concert venue. So, um, but it so perhaps my enthusiasm on the night was a, a bit related to having you know worked on that really for a year of my life, um, and and obviously getting you know thirty thousand people to turn out was amazing and. A lot of incredible energy, and 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 I can't I almost can't believe this myself when I say it out loud. But I mean, I had absolutely no thought in my mind of dropping the mic when I was walking onto that stage. I mean, it wasn't like planned in any way. I really was sort of I think caught up in the right. <laughs> caught up in the moment. I mean, I really like I never discussed that with anyone. I never thought about that. It wasn't like a thing that I even knew I was capable of. Uh, it really just sort of happened. Um, I'm glad uh, J D Baker, who was on my staff at the time, was there to capture the moment on video and uh yeah kind of a kind of a fun night for sure definitely one of the more
1: magical evenings i've had as mayor right yeah that's what a night right to have them (laughs) rock out in an open sizzle park Mm -hmm. and have actually good weather for it as well which is (laughs) huge in oklahoma right um yeah they they seem like they're they're, they would be the peak of um obviously you have city hall sessions and people come in like having kings of leon play in your backyard is (laughs) kind of pretty good right um i mean yeah no, that was very well cool and, and as you said we we
0: named a street after them earlier that day uh in bricktown kind of matching some other musical namings that we have in bricktown several of them were born here so i mean there's that's the connection sometimes people think of them as a nashville band because that's where they yeah. kind of formed but they're really oklahomans and uh and they had done some things for our community after the tornadoes a year a decade ago and so anyways it was all it was yeah it was all wonderful and um yeah, I'm, I'm, I think they feel more of a bond with Oklahoma City than ever before as a result. And uh, and it was a heck of a way to open the park. And I hope we get to do that again someday. I mean, it's really just a matter of probably me finding the time to go raise another million dollars. But we definitely need to, to,
1: to have some more concerts there sometime yeah. in the future. Do you have, I mean... I'm sure there was a list, a dream book, or something of like, "Hey, there's things I want to do in this city," or things like that. Maybe it's not as mayor, but it's just personally. Like, if I get the opportunity to do this, I want to go do this. Can you? Do you have any moment to share any of those dreams? <laughs> oh, is that too close to the chest? Oh, I now? don't know.
0: Yeah, I really like sharing dreams when they were when they're rea- realized. You know, so uh, yeah, I don't know. There's lots of cool things for sure, and I'll never have enough time. Um, but you know, it, also we have so we have had so many amazing opportunities um that
1: it's definitely uh i i I will i have and will continue to see Mm -hmm. plenty of dreams realized yeah uh one of the things that you mentioned jd one of the things that uh, jd wanted me to ask you and Mm -hmm. there's a few questions which i'm going to ask of his but he did say (laughs) he said um ask him how he balances being a father a husband a son a mayor and now a dean and so i'm interested because you are a very very busy man and you get invited to a lot of things. So, yeah. um,
0: so you're referencing in case anyone listening doesn't know, but I'm also Dean of the Oklahoma city yeah. university school of law in our form of government. And this is not as unusual as people might think, uh, we don't really pay our mayors a living wage. So our mayors generally have another yeah. job. And, uh, and actually, even though we're the 20th largest city in the United States, that is true. Um, in, in several other large cities, especially kind of in the Southwest. But, um, so I started that role in the summer of 23 and, answer your question, I mean, I just pride myself on my time management and, um, you know, and, and my efficiency and I'm probably always doing at least two things at once. Um, you know, I suppose this is like one of the exceptions. It seems yeah. maybe too rude for me to actually like be openly texting while we're doing this podcast, but pretty much every other thing I'm doing, I'm usually doing something, you know, else at yeah, the same yeah. time. Um, But yeah, somehow I make it work. I wouldn't say it's for everybody. I wouldn't, I'm not going to portray, I want to portray this as easy, but, uh, but I think that, uh, you know, having been mayor for five years, having been in elected office now for 14, um, you know, I kind of figured out how to make it all work. And, and to your point, yes, of course I get invited to literally everything, but I don't go to everything, you know, I mean, you, you, you kind of have to pick and
1: choose um, pretty carefully. He did ask me to ask you what, you know, you spend a lot of time commuting. What, what is it? He said, you need to ask him what he listens to in the car.
0: <laughs> is that an inside joke? <laughs> well, he may think it's surprising that, you know, i mean, child of the 90s. So, I mean, okay. there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of like 90s hip hop, you know, that, uh, that that I think he he always got a kick out of that. We would listen to like rap music, you know. He, uh, so, yeah, I think that's that's absolutely uh, what he's probably getting at. Yeah. And that is that is that is absolutely true. Um well, I listen. Like I love the Beatles and other things. I mean, I, I definitely have. I would say eclectic musical tastes. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I love our our homegrown bands like Kings of Leon, like Flaming Lips. Um, but yeah, I think what he was most amused by JD uh, mm-hmm. when he worked for me was how much we how, how open I was listening to, to rap. Yeah, <laughs> just before
1: you go give the city address or well, something yeah, or whatever it is, up right? Up You're getting pumped song, up, yeah, for sure. Getting in the mood, you know, talking to all those people. Uh, <laughs> One of the things you mentioned, obviously, maps for, we're kind of halfway through that, right? With, with the program, you know, getting through. Yeah, I mean, we're like at the, I don't
0: know, we're like at the end of the beginning of mm. the end or something, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's a long process. And, um, and part of that is driven by the fact that we collect the money and then we spend it. So we, yeah. you know, so that takes longer. It's an eight year tax. Um, and so we're now, you know, uh, four, four or five years past the vote. Um, And we're just starting to kind of have some more ribbon cuttings this year. But, you know, we're still we still have a a final project to open for MAPS 3 and that passed in 2009. So it is like a 15 year journey. Um, Unfortunately, like people don't necessarily notice or or get kind of anxious about how slow they might perceive that it's moving um, because there's such a pipeline now. You know, we've been opening, you know, since we we passed MAPS 4, we have. Still been opening multiple maps three projects, um, you know, and so people kind of don't don't get too anxious anymore. If you go back to the history of our city in the 90s, there was a lot of angst about how long Maps was was taking to produce these ballparks and arenas that people had voted for. Um, and in fact, the, you know, the 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 arena that we currently use, uh, Paycom Center now, you know, didn't open for nine years after the original Maps vote. So. The, the thought that we might build our new arena that we just approved um, in December uh, as soon as five or six years from now is actually pretty aggressive yeah. but uh, but we want
1: to get on it we we need it yeah one of the things you, obviously you get invited to a lot of things mm-hmm. and just kind of change in direction a little bit yeah know um, you're a hob- obviously a huge lover of food and mm-hmm. get invited to a lot of new op- new restaurants opening up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your I guess most recent restaurant that you've been to that was just like... <laughs> wow, this is because Oklahoma City. We're blessed. We have a lot of awesome restaurants. Oh now, gosh, I mean, look. Yesterday I had lunch at Cheevers.
0: Today I'm going to have lunch at Rococo. I okay. mean, you know, um, the shrimp and grits at Cheevers is my favorite dish there. The uh, crab cakes, you know, that I or or lobster roll that I'll probably eat today at Rococo uh, would be my some of my favorites there. I mean, one of the I think uh, indicators of our growth culturally has definitely been our uh, our food scene, and uh, as you and I sit here, James Beard nominees were announced this week, and uh, once again, Oklahoma City um, has has a chef on the list, Chef Jeff of Maoder Lao, um, you know, and obviously everybody knows, you know, Chef Black winning the award last year, and Florence's winning an award the the year before that. So um, these were unprecedented events in our city's history. We'd never had any James Beard award winners, so. It's pretty cool, um, and I think it just shows like what's happening in this city it it, it, it extends across the spectrum of uh, of cultural opportunities and uh, it's a special time for sure and, and these are indicators of sort of emerging into being a major
1: American mm-hmm. city. yeah it, you were um, you were Time magazine 100 next mayor um, mm-hmm. by Michael bloomberg um, and, and got that right up, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. What I want to know though is like obviously you're there with mayors from you know around the around the country Mm -hmm. is there like an internal kind of like you know obviously we have a little bit of oklahoma city tulsa and you and gt have a little bit of a you know friendly banter Mm -hmm. what's that like on a on a on a national level you know when you talk about like restaurants you know chefs winning awards and us getting this Uh, and that like there there must be a little bit of like you because oklahoma city we have a chip on our shoulder (laughs) what's that like at the mayor level
0: oh um you know mayors are so supportive of each other it's really not much about rivalries unless maybe your sports teams are literally playing in some major playoff game or something but normally it's just like sort of more like we're brothers and sisters uh, against everybody else <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because there's like nobody who understands what a mayor's going through like a mayor you know so um i think that we are we are generally each other's personal mm. champions um we don't yeah i mean I think the uh, it's more implied uh, our successes in our cities. We don't necessarily get together and brag about our cities. We just assume you you know you've been following my Twitter,
1: you know how <laughs> awesome we are. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean to that point, is there you know one thing? And I know this from you just from following you. Is and you know just one of your traits is that you're always looking to grow and how how you how how can you learn how we can improve and stuff like that. So. Who do you look up to in the mayor world, you know, or from around the country that you can pick the brain of and learn from in a way that benefits Oklahoma City? Like, what do you take mm. away, and who, who are those people in your life?
0: Oh, I don't know that it's as obvious as all that. I mean, I think it's more subtle. I mean, I just, yeah, I love being around other mayors. I love visiting other cities. I mean, every city story is going to be generally pretty unique, but you certainly can... Pick and choose things that inspire you from other communities um, that you want in your city, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and also, I mean, anytime I go to another city, I think implicitly I'm like, okay, I want that. We're actually better than them at this, <laughs> and we probably could never have that, you know. I mean, it's, and and I think that's kind of the categories, um, and all of that sort of is interesting and inspiring. And more and more, I've actually been kind of doing that for 20 years in a sense. I may have only been mayor for five years, but like, you know, I was chief of staff to Mayor Cornette all the way back in 2006, and our chamber annually leads a trip to other cities. So like, I've been doing that sort of assessment of other communities for, for yeah. two decades. And what's really interesting is, it absolutely is true that going to those other cities in 2006 and going to those cities in 2024 is a very different experience. It's a lot more of, oh, we already have that, or we, or we actually do that better than it was back then. Every back then, it was like we needed everything, <laughs> from cheesecake factory to an NBA team. You know, right. we didn't have anything. <laughs> now it's like you know we have most of those things that people kind of think of as the leading indicators mm-hmm. of a great American city. Um, but we can always do more, and certainly. Whatever you see me talking about the most, like things like public transit, are reflective of the things we do need to work on.
1: Yeah, uh, you mentioned kind of you know working for Mayor Cornette and being around you know this kind of political landscape for quite a while, twenty mm-hmm. plus years. Um, how how has the landscape changed over the years, and then what impact do you hope to have on it going forward?
0: Well, I think actually this is an interesting question. I think in Oklahoma City, we've actually gotten Uh, even more solidified in our unique political culture where we just work together to get things done. And um, I think that already existed to some extent under Mayor Cornette, but I think I really took it to another level of talking about it and really spending. If you you read all my State of the City addresses, you would realize I spend a third of the time just talking about how we do things rather than what we need to do. Um, I really want people to kind of own what is a very unique political atmosphere. And what has changed is that everything else about the American political experience is pushing you in a different direction. You know, I mean, it's just an incredibly divisive time. Um, I don't necessarily think that Americans are as divided as we're led to believe, but certainly social media and cable news are pushing us in that direction. And obviously, people, certain people seeking office, are pushing us into that division. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we kind of have to double down. That's partly why I. Push so hard in the other direction as I recognize I've got to, or you know, or, or we'll or we'll lose this special thing that I think we have in Oklahoma City. So, um, look, it's a presidential election year, and you know, certain characters are returning to the reality show, and we're going to have to obviously step up our game to preserve our unity because there will once again be voices on the national level that are trying to pull us apart
1: yeah pro- people probably don't think of of your role like as as what you just decided you know described no. right people think of you know it just this, this city you're just focused on oklahoma city and bringing the people in oklahoma city together and, and like you said you have an election year and people are right or left or whatever mm-hmm. and they're trying to push mm-hmm. or fight or whatever they need to do against each other but yeah it's a that's probably one of the hardest roles of your job is to make sure remind people that like hang on we're here for Oklahoma City right I know I know you <laughs> yeah, want something well for each other like, we're yeah no other. I just try to control the little corner of the world that I have
0: influence over and yeah. so um, yeah I mean we exist in that larger ecosystem but um, you know I can't fix that ecosystem necessarily but we can model what it
1: should look like yeah yeah um, which I think we're doing a very good job of um, have <laughs> you ever thought about kind of like lie awake at night or. Actually probably you don't lie awake at night because you're so busy you hit I'm head hits the yeah. pillow, you sleep. <laughs> uh, but but you thought about kind of, you know, what you want you know, you look at over, you know, you know, Ron Norick and and you know, Mick Cornette and all the previous mayors and, and you look at their legacy and the things that they did. Do you ever think about what yours might be? Well, I think um, you know, each of
0: us inherited a different situation and a different kind of uh, new, new uh, plateau from which to build upon. And so certainly um, the previous mayors of the last 30 years all you know, improved the city uh, dramatically and I get, to, I get to stand on their shoulders. But my challenges that hopefully I've addressed would be things like Maps 4 where you were sort of um, addressing maybe some human needs that we hadn't had the chance to, to focus on in the previous iterations of Maps. Um, obviously securing the thunder for another generation was something that needed to be done. Um, I think I definitely have been pretty unique in talking about the diversity of our city and, and really bringing all the communities of our city together. Um, you know, I, I recognized when I took office that no mayor had really ever talked about that. and I mean, that's okay. I mean, they were busy doing lots of things, but this was a city that more, more and more, um, you know, represented the whole world and 60% of the kids of Oklahoma city are non-white. So like that had just never really been talked about. Obviously our leadership and our decision-making had been a little more homogenous than that. And that was not going to be our future. And we needed to kind of recognize that and talk about that more openly. And so from the very beginning, my one, OKC ethos, um, was, um, you know, was, was lifting up that concept. And it's amazing, really, when you think about, it. I mean, you understand, I mean, take something as so simple as the fact that previous to 2018, you would never have seen a pride flag in Oklahoma City. Yeah. <laughs> that would, like, no business or entity would have dared do that, you know? And now it's like the zoo changes its logo to rainbows every June, you know I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, just the inclusion of all people, regardless of uh, gender or national origin or ethnicity uh, has uh, has really been amazing, and uh, that that to me is one of the things. And now we have a human rights commission, which had been voted out, you know, 25 years before. I mean, like, you know, that's that's probably the most dramatic change, and, it, and it's the one we kind of take for granted because now we're in many ways we're just like everybody else, but. But we were such an outlier
1: uh, previous
0: to five years ago.
1: Yeah. Finishing up, because I know we're getting close on time. Uh, You're a huge OU fan. You went to the Rose Bowl. Uh Uh-huh. And also, OU kind of going know, stepping out and going to the SEC. Yeah, it will be tell, interesting. Tell me about as a fan how that <laughs> makes you feel. Yeah, no,
0: I think it's, it's, you know, look, the SEC in recent years has obviously established itself as kind of the preeminent college mm-hmm. football league. And so it's kind of a, in the end, I mean, you can talk about all different aspects of it. But in the end, if you get that opportunity, it's really a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, and for Oklahoma City, you know, I mean, it's an interesting opportunity, obviously, we'll have. A very curious sec fan base coming here to visit us i think i mean i often remind people i'm like look the games are already sold out so it's not mm-hmm. as if there's gonna be like a hundred thousand alabama fans you know <laughs> like i mean like there's only so many people that could fit in the stadium so but i there there will there will certainly be i think uh, especially in these early years a lot yeah. of traveling um and we'll see and obviously this will be new visitors for us mm-hmm. you know we're used to seeing KU jackets and, and Iowa State hats, yeah. and now we're going to see a different a different uh, type of fan here. And mm-hmm. obviously they will gravitate to Oklahoma City, even though the games are in Norman. There's a, you know, they're they going to yeah. visit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're going to eat, eat meals and stay in hotels here. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great, uh, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting opportunity for the city and maybe in the long run, even an opportunity for us to host, um, you know, playoffs and championship mm-hmm. stuff in, in all the sports. That's probably down the line, you know, I assume you gotta kinda get settled first before people start considering the the new guys for that type of stuff but uh, that's a, obviously a long-term opportunity for the yeah. city as well
1: have you picked an away game to go to yet
0: uh my son certainly wants me to so yeah, yeah I uh, I am thinking about it <laughs> you right. know like I think like LSU would be the most That's to but other people an, have told me they're literally scared it's a fright it's a Friday Friday <laughs> night game at LSU I think Friday
1: night I think night. it's a night game yeah yeah some some, or
0: some people game. fully functioning adults have told me they're literally <laughs> scared. afraid of
1: being killed you know so. I'm gonna be in the LSU fans section though that's that's where i'm going because i'm safe i got friends down there and i don't mind wearing purple for a day just to survive which is totally fine uh last question something fun um what's your coffee order Oh, it, so I didn't drink coffee until like five years ago, which okay. probably not coincidentally um,
0: <laughs> right. coincides with me becoming mayor, but it also coincides with me tasting what my wife had been drinking and realizing that actually these are like milkshakes if you want yeah. them to be like, I thought coffee was like black coffee, yeah. you know? So no, I get like, uh, you know, like an iced caramel macchiato or something. And, and I wreck, you know, that is that really coffee? You know, the jury's out on that, I suppose. Yeah, but, yeah. but yes, I get like, uh, yeah ice vanilla lattes and you know lots of things that serious coffee people would probably not consider coffee
1: but they do have their requisite <laughs> caffeine that's why i love that question uh brilliant well thank you so much for uh for 30 minutes of your time Absolutely. really appreciate it fun. um good to have you back yeah hopefully we'll do this again in uh you know in the next five you years we'll come back <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for people listening if you don't already follow uh may Holt, go to the instagram follow him and check out all the awesome stuff that he's doing and we will catch you next episode cheers Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.Oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, most of my old changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in Al Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in Al Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new, used um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffyford.net, and then on Instagram at Lincoln. This episode is presented by Citizens Bank of Edmund. Citizens Bank of Edmund has been serving Edmund since 1901. They pride themselves on investing in the community and are here for all your personal and business banking needs. For more information, go to mycitizens.bank and follow them on Instagram at CitizensEdmund, as well as Go bank there because I bank there too. It's been a fantastic personal experience for me. I've had my podcast account there now, my podcast business account there now for a few, four years now, I think. And it's been fantastic. So definitely worth your time. They're a great group of people and they're always there to answer the phone when I forget my password because I seem to forget it daily. Um, So yeah, go to Citizens Edmund and um, check them out. It's been awesome.
0: Thank you for listening.